0: The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.
1: Welcome back to The Frontline. Insert cheer. There we go. Well placed. I like it. Yes. We're off.
2: Episode two.
1: The highly coveted and long-awaited episode two. Right. right? Yeah. Sure, it's not highly coveted, but it is long awaited by me. There and you. is
2: at least one person out there that covets this <laughs> podcast. Sure. I know at least my son does. Yeah. He'll listen. If we got one listener, we have him. He has to listen though, because he's
1: also editing. So Right. There's that.
2: <laughs> but it's it's amazing. I mean, I don't need it. And you know what? Your son will love us too. Yeah. We've he's, got two listeners.
1: He's my biggest fan, actually. Noah is my biggest fan. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't do anything wrong in his eyes. And, I love right.
2: it. and many of you already know Jacob, but yeah, no one, Jacob, this is for you. Yeah. Special <laughs> thanks
1: to uh Jacob for Right.
2: And just for giggles, here's a giggle.
0: <laughs> he's actually
2: here, he's editing um Jacob's recording and all right, here we go. Episode number 2. Um I'm I'm Pastor Chavez and I'm Brother
1: Jesse Peña.
2: This is uh Frontline and right now we're working on leadership in a nutshell. Last episode we had some pretty good conversations. I think we had uh some great content. Um we've done some thinking about it. We want to do kind of a recap of a few of the things and add on to a little bit before we hit some of the topics for servant leadership. Uh, in this episode. But we talked about the difference between power and authority. And we define those two. Um, we define power with as um, the ability to force someone to do your will. And the concept behind it is do it or you'll be fired. Do it or, you know, I'll beat you up or do it or you'll, won't get your reward. Um, and then authority is having the ability or the skill to get people do, to do your will with out being forced, um, without being forced because of your position. Um, but basically getting people to do your will because of your personal influence. Um, and one of the things that, um, we wanted to go over is kind of ask this question discuss this for a minute is what do you think people will respond to more power or authority
1: i think um if that question is directed to me because i don't see anybody else in here there's nobody else standing (laughs) and i don't think you just go around asking yourself questions that'd be just crazy so
2: i mean just uh to make sure he gets his proper introduction, he needs oh, to fly th- in. Yeah. The, the, thank you, Pastor. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, the Air Force has landed. <laughs> so,
1: I would say, you know, what do people respond to better, power or authority? Um, I think that's very. uh, It just depends, you know, where someone is at in their mindset. You know, some people, I just I'm gonna go back to. I'm, I'm always lean on my military experience. It's just what I've done all my life. Uh, and if I think of an example in the church, I'll definitely uh, speak up about it. But, you know, thinking about it, when I was uh, younger and just watching other young airmen in their careers interact, power is definitely a um, way to get people to do things because you're just respectful of the rank, the hierarchy that is used in the military sure. system. And you can get them to do it quick. Absolutely. Yes. I've been told many a times to shut up in color, right?
2: Just right. kind of okay. do, as,
1: do as you're told, right? Sure. So, um and, and that, that works, but again, I right. think that's <laughs> I, like, I, like, I
2: wanted to get out my crayons right now. I was going to start coloring. You said that with a lot of Make power. Make sure it's within the lines, too. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, you know, uh, and don't eat the crayons, too. That's, that's Don't eat the thing. crayons. I, I've i cut down. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if someone used that on me, I, you know, early in my career, yes, it absolutely got me to do things. But when they start to take more of a, um, you know, supervisory, authoritative, like, Role And they're like interested in my development, like, hey, uh, remember when I got you to do that thing? I needed an ASAP. Here's why. And we kind of touched on that a little bit on the last episode is like, here's why I need you to do that. You know, maybe here's here's a second, third order effect, the outcome, whatever it is, but that they invested that time to let me know, hey, here's why I need you to do that. That is more of a like okay you, now you're building on that relationship and that that type of relationship we talked about last time will not erode it won't go right sour or anything like that I'm now going to want to do things more likely when that guy says hey I need you to do that that's not no longer his power in my mind it's now the authority that
2: he has because right. he's investing
1: in me he wants my best
2: right so right. authority authority builds relationships absolutely and so it's easier to say it like authority builds loyalty. I like that yeah authority builds loyalty That's good. so if you can learn as a servant leader um what authority is, how to exercise authority how how to influence people um, you'll build loyalty from them, but if you're constantly exercising power you're going to eventually erode that relationship. people aren't going to respond for as long now you can use both, and most sure. people will, yeah many many a good servant leader. Knows when to use authority, knows when to use power, um, because there are some jobs that just need to get done. Absolutely. Right? Yep. We're talking into the church. I mean, if you've got leaders in your church or you are one of the servant leaders in your church, um, there needs to be an element of power that it's time to clean up. And, and so just let's just clean up.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, or if we take it to a spiritual level, you know, it's, it's it's time to participate in a service, it's time to get to worshiping, it's time to um, you know, to 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 just buckle up and do what's right for that church service, right. pray and do those things. And sometimes power has to be exerted, um, but never for this long period of time that uh uh it's all you do. It's just lead someone or force someone by power. So you're saying, well, I'm understanding right, I mean Authority is definitely something that people are going to respond more to.
1: Yes. And they're invested because you kind of, it's what you said. Authority builds loyalty. I've seen that in many instances. Um, You're just, you're investing in a relationship that is, it's going to pay out exponentially dude, you know, versus, you, you know, use your power. Someone's going to do what you tell them to do because they have to, but it's the authority where you kind of nurse that relationship. You, you, you become a servant leader and then the people are going to want to do because they're inspired. They want, uh, you know, they want to use you as an example, uh, whatever it may be. But that, yeah, I, I I
2: like that a lot. Authority builds or authority is 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 that that's what we call a oh yeah the, yeah, the knowledge bomb. It's a it's a truth bomb. It's a knowledge truth bomb. bomb. Yeah. So authority builds loyalty, loyalty. and that's go. what you're after in servant leadership absolutely you're 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 completely after so people will respond more to authority although you do know how you do need to know how to wield power yes you know you have to know how to use power because sometimes it just needs to be done um but at the same time you can't lead that way you can't lead solely by power um you have to you need to learn how to lead by authority can I share something
1: with sure. that? Sure. And, and I know I talked about it in our last episode. If you haven't listened to it, go back to listen to our first episode. I talked about a tech sergeant that came in. He was a, from a different type of career field. Um, and he w- wanted to do all the work that I was supposed to do. That I was, that was my rank to do that. Um, it's within my rank, not so much within his rank to do it. Uh, but I tried to use that later on in my career. And this is most recent. I want to say, uh, maybe my 17th or 18th year of serving, uh, I went to a place, uh, where, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, I was on three different, um, type of aircraft. This one was new to me. Now, what's the same is working on the airplanes. That's, that's, I have a, you know, high mechanical aptitude, things like that, that all transfers, but sometimes like, uh, you know, other things I won't even get into the specifics cause it would bore everybody, but just, uh, ops tempo, um, which is like how quick, uh, you know, we're, how quick we're flying these aircraft, uh, you know schedules and things like that. Uh, How fast people are moving, right? So, right. right. Just uh, the way that the whole work section operates. Um, well, when you go to a new place, you you have to learn that stuff. And sometimes you're you're lucky. Or I was, and I, I give it all. This is what living for God does for you. But I was blessed that people want to take me under the wing. Um, you know, because when I did that for that tech sergeant, I wasn't living for God. Like I was not in the church yet. I just. Thought it was a cool example of of um, someone being humble. Yeah. But because I live for God, I mean, just God takes care of me. He puts these people in my life that are there to teach me. They're patient with me. Whatever it is. Well, sometimes I would outrank these people, um, you know, and I'm I'm running off my power, um, yeah. if you will. And and it's for me to kind of wield that correctly because I could definitely get anyone to do what I need them to do. But what is, I felt just by position
2: alone, exactly by position and rank alone.
1: Yes, sir. But, but what was more effective is when I would, and I was always forthcoming with this, um, you know, Hey, I do not have the experience that you do that you have. I don't have the, the knowledge on this, you know, whatever this, this, the way this whole unit operates, I don't have that knowledge, but if you share it with me, we can get things done. And luckily, um, in most cases, um, you know, I work with a great group of men and women right. that were very um, generous with this information, generous with their experience. So that is like a type of servant leadership to to say, hey, look, I don't know what you know, but whatever I can do to help you get what you need to get done, help me understand that so we can move forward.
2: Right. So, so this is a great point in regards to servant leadership. You're You're going to become a servant leader in your church, in your job, anywhere. A concept to understand, to know to realize within yourself, and it takes personal reflection Absolutely, to know yeah. this concept. To it's hard that. to to admit this, that there is a certain amount of leadership experience in any given room. Yes. In any given room. So anywhere you're at, there is a certain amount of experience or leadership, servant leadership within that, ex, within that room, and you need to know how, I, I don't want to say use it, But you need to be willing to be able to find it. Yeah. What kind of leaders are in my room, what kind of experience is in my room where I'm at, in the job I'm doing, in the church I'm attending, in the job I'm working, in the relationships that I have. Um this applies anywhere. I mean, there is a certain amount of experience within that room, and if you desire to bring the best out of it, you're gonna have to realize that some of that experience is not in you. Yeah. It's in others. Yeah, that's good. Right? So, you've got to know how to use it. You've got to know how to find it. Then you need to know you need to know how to cultivate it, how to grow it. Yeah. Which means you've got to be willing to step aside and say just like you said this uh, this other tech sergeant whoever it was, um, they know how to do the job better. You might outrank them, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You may outrank them, but they've done this one particular job longer. Yeah. And if it's a blow to your ego, it's a blow to your ego. You're a servant leader, you want them to grow, and so use their experience, um combine it with yours because you need to remember there's 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 more experience together.
1: Yes. Yeah, and we're all trying to I mean in most in the military certainly, we have one common mission we share. Um, in the church, we have another common mission that we share. We want everyone to be saved. We want to expand the kingdom, whatever it is. But those are the common uh, grounds that we have, that we can definitely use other people's experiences, whatever they've gone through through life, their testimony, whatever it is, and use it. Uh, and I, 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 I'm saying use, and I, I don't like that word because it sounds bad. But, I mean, you're, you're kind of— um,
2: you're allowing it to be utilized. You're yes, utilizing you're utilizing, that. utilizing. It sounds better you know, than
1: using somehow, but utilizing right. right that to further the kingdom or whatever, or help somebody. Sometimes uh, you know, uh, sometimes people will be going through something, and I necessarily haven't been through that. But I can I can pull a brother or sister in the church and say, "Hey, look, um, they're going through something similar than what you went through. Maybe you can speak some words of encouragement."
2: Right. You know. So when we're when we're talking about this in re- in, the, in the realms of servant leadership. And you've got someone new in the church, in your unit, in your workplace, or whatever, whatever it is. They obviously, they're there for a reason. If it's in the church, God has a purpose for them. We need to know that right off the bat. Someone new walks in that church. Someone, you know, gets the Holy Ghost, gets baptized. Someone becomes or starts getting involved. God has a purpose for them. And the purpose is not like, just blah out in the world, like, okay, let's figure out where this guy fits in. No, there sure. is already a bona fide purpose for them, yeah, as Absolutely. a servant leader, we have to bring that out, and you can it's it's really easy to figure it out, but it gets really hard if you're challenged by them right if right. if If someone has like for example, if someone new comes into the church and they're a great speaker. And they can let themselves feel challenged like, man, pastor's going to use them before me because that person, you know, speaks in front of people better than I do there. He's going to let them preach before me. And if you have that attitude, then you're never really going to grow someone. You're never really going to be a servant leader. You're never going to grow yourself in the church and expand your own personal skills because you're challenged by someone that you should be mentoring. You should be helping. You should be growing um, you you should never, especially in the church, let yourself be challenged by either new converts, other ministry. We don't we don't judge ourselves amongst ourselves. Ministry is not a competition. We're trying to grow one another. We're trying to expand the kingdom. Again, servant leadership is not about me. Right. It's about the other person. Um, and in in short, part of what this means is is. Your feeling of respect for others must be aligned with your actions of respect. Yes. Right? So your feelings, you can say you respect someone and not act like you do.
1: Yeah, and actually, um, we were talking about this uh, book, The The Servant by James C. Hunter. And uh, myself and Pastor, we've listened to it. We've kind of been studying up and, and bookmarked some really good um, excerpts from it. And, and that was actually one of them. They talked about, uh, the gentleman that was talking to one of the teachers and he was discussing about how like he really respect, cause in, in the, before this, uh, this guy who was a teacher now went and took that role. He was a very successful manager in like a fortune 500 company or whatever it was. And, uh, this guy, uh, the guy who's attending the class of the teacher was, looking for to him for advice, and he was so inspired of all the things that he did prior to becoming this teacher in this monastery. well, mm-hmm. he was looking for him for advice, and you know some of the stuff that he was throwing out he he was kind of amazed like he he respected him, but he cut him off in conversations because he was i don't know if it was his eagerness to right. to really yeah. hear and— in yeah. in um you know, take in what he was throwing out, but he would cut him off and say, What about this? And what about that? So in that he learned that he he was not a great listener. Right. Uh, which is a very key thing to being a servant leader, is being able to listen to where, where people are coming from, whatever it
2: is. Absolutely. That was such a powerful point right. when he did that. Right. When he showed him, you know, you, you say you respect me, but you'd not let me finish any of my statements.
1: Yes. So your, your actions aren't aligning with it, right? right? You say, you say that you want to expand the kingdom, but I mean, you know, you can't, you can't make it to prayer time. You can't, you know whatever exactly. it is you can't you can't follow through with whatever actions that you need to have that align with what you're saying, so you know not only being a man of your word but just you know get in there and do the actions right. as well be an example as well
2: and there's a lot there are so many concepts that can go with this one little piece right here your your feelings of respect need to be aligned with your actions of respect right um you can't you can't tell other people to be on time if you're not on time yourself, true right. Right. Uh, there's so many different concepts. Don't ask people to pray if you're not praying. Don't right. ask people to teach Bible studies if you're not teaching Bible studies. Don't ask people to attend outreach if you're not attending outreach. Right. Um, now we all know life happens, and so you know we were to, we were saying you mentioned this earlier. Life happens, Absolutely. but life shouldn't interfere all the time. Right, right. Every you know every Saturday, if you're you're supposed to be on outreach, but there's always something that comes up. There is a point in time when it's not something that comes up that you actually made the plan not to be there or attend something that's together. And so your feelings of respect of knowing, let's say that we need to be soul winners, but you're not out soul winning. Yeah. Right. Um, It, it, your, your feelings of respect need to align with your actions of respect.
1: You know, and I had to do some self-reflecting when I heard that statement, I really thought about that, you know, like, Hey, there's some things that I definitely well intend and I say it and I'm, i Mean it, I really do when I say it, I mean it, but are my actions aligning with that? Do I really mean it? so yeah, that was one of the the key things in that book that really stood out to me for sure very good um, something to sit and reflect on, think about, and apply it to your life it'll help out tremendously
2: absolutely if you're going to be a servant leader, this is one of those topics that um or just one of those statements that really need to be you need to self reflect on it. you need to think about this, you need to pray about it you need to actually probably even write some things down and say, you know, I I say I respect this, but do my actions show it? Right. Because it can't be just a say it Mm -hmm. has to have some actions behind it. And people are going to know people are going to know. And if your actions do not, if they're not aligned with your feelings of respect, people are going to know that difference. And you're going to start going backwards on this concept of servant leadership. You're going to start leading with power um, probably because maybe you're hiding something and you're hiding your inability to have a prayer life or you're hiding whatever it is that, that you're falling short on. And people are eventually going to catch on. Um, when I was in the service, uh, and I was in the army, this, this, this saying was true. It, it, they rang it all the time. Soldiers know. <laughs> Simple. Soldiers, Soldiers no. know. <laughs> they're, they're, they're going to figure it out real quick. They know. They're going to look at you and know, is this, is this platoon sergeant really for me? Is he really – I'm going to end up in war with this guy. Yeah. And is he really going to put his life in on that the line? In that
1: application, it absolutely matters. It matters. Yeah. It, by
2: far. This they is life know. or death. And they're going to know. Yeah. They're going to know. The soldiers know. They figure it out really quick. And in the church, in your job, people are going to know if you're real or not really fast. You can have a big talk and absolutely no walk. They're going to figure it out. <laughs> um, this truth bombs. Drop it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That, that goes against what I, you know, I, I've always heard, fake it till you
2: make it. Right. It right? goes way against that. <laughs> yeah. It goes way against. We're right. going to figure out if you're faking it. We're going to figure yeah. it out. You're not going to care about your job as much. Mm-hmm. You're not going to care about your duty. Your things are going to be, um it, it, just things are not going to be in line. And I know I'm bringing more of a ministerial side, but I do have this example that I thought about um a, a minute ago. And um you know, I was I was a platoon sergeant of the medics, uh, a medical platoon, and we were taking care of uh, 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 an entire um, battalion, really. Um, but we just we had a, we had a big responsibility, and we have this statement this that I wrote down. I want to save lives, but am I willing to take inventory in order to have the supplies needed to save those lives?
1: Yeah, that's like a, so you're saying that's a, the saving lives is huge. That's a big, it's big, but the, but taking inventory, that's such a menial, like. It's such a, it's, it's you, like, at it's least you think cheap, it is. R- r- right. I'm just saying like, right. that's one way to think of it. But you're, but you're thinking of, I got to take care of this little thing to result in right. this huge impact, which is saving lives. Right.
2: right. So I had this medic and um he was very good, uh, but. I asked him one day, I wanted him to be in charge of the supplies. I wanted him to be in charge of the supplies. And so I asked him, I said, hey, take inventory of everything. Mm-hmm. And he took every inventory of everything. And when it was done, I said, do it again. And when he was done, I said, do it again. Wow. Two or three days later, I'm still saying, do it again. And he's getting so frustrated. He's going to fall back to the level of his training. Yeah he's he's he, absolutely <laughs> yeah. after a week a week and a half of taking yeah. inventory two or three times a day of of thousands of items right it just so happened at some point we had a mass casualty a mass casualty event which means you have more casualties than you have personnel supply personnel resources to take care of so i had 11 medics in this uh uh field hospital and i had like 30 injuries that came in but because this guy knew where everything was at, because he had been taking inventory, he knew how much we could handle. He knew exactly um, uh, uh, where the supplies were at. We treated every single casualty like clockwork, wow. yeah. and did not lose one single soldier. We had no losses. We treated everyone, saved every life that we that, that out of all of them. There was no losses. Um, so he. he he applied this concept, if I'm going to save lives, then I need to be willing to take inventory in order to have the supplies needed to save those lives. And it works everywhere. It works in the church. If you want if you want to outreach, you want to witness, you want to teach Sunday school, you want to preach behind the pulpit, you better be willing to have a prayer, a committed prayer life. Yeah, so
1: little things that matter when it when you're working up to that. that Absolutely. Big yeah. you,
2: Absolutely. Oh, that's, that's big. It's, it's, it's huge. Yeah. In my opinion, it's, it's really huge. I can tell the difference between a person who's praying and who's not praying. It's, it's really just, it's simple. A person that's not praying, they're lost in the service. They're lost in an altar call. They're lost during the preaching. They're not really paying attention, all the above. And that's whether they're in the ministry or not. But if you're going to be a servant leader, you're going to have to put yourself aside, develop that prayer life. It's not just about you. It's about the people that you're trying to serve, the lives that you're trying to save, the families that you're trying to win to get the marriages that God's trying to put back together. He's going to use you to do it. So you need to be willing to take inventory of your own life. Absolutely. It's a big deal. Um, Again, this book, The Servant by James C. Hunter, we're studying it right now. Um, you, you really got to. You really need to listen to it, or you need to read it. It's a great book. He goes through a lot of stuff. It reads differently, right? It's not a. It's not like your typical. It's not like a textbook.
1: Yeah, no, no, um, no. It, uh, you know, it.
2: I, I don't like.
1: I don't like textbooks, right? Where it's like, you know, this type of leadership. I don't like where it kind of paints things in a corner. And I mean, I know it's probably valuable, but the, I like the way this mm-hmm. is presented because it's it's used as as a, a this. This gentleman, I do not remember his name of the book, but he is the one that is uh trying to learn uh from you know going dedicating the time to go to this monastery where he's learning all these examples and and you know one thing I do want to mention we you said it earlier that we you don't know what type of experience that you have in the room, right like you right. don't know what you could learn from just even in our church, we have people that have. You know, the, anything they 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 own businesses, um, their managers, their directors, you know, military members, whatever it may be. But they bring that significant and important experience to your realm, your church, or whatever it is, your your work center, if that's that's where you you're utilizing their skills. But um, this is kind of what they, it was. A, it was a room full of. There was a coach. There was a teacher. There was a principal. Um, right. A, a army sergeant and and this gentleman who runs a bit uh, a a corporation or something and he's they're all picking up from each other and they're learning from each other and and it's changing their opinion and how they lead because they all have a piece of the pie where it's like well. I use this and it didn't really work for me. And, you know, and they're sharing those, those experiences and those, those, uh, those things that they've learned in and there and they're sharing those. And, you know, I, I didn't think about this, but even though he's teaching them servant leadership and there's someone who knows about it, they're all learning firsthand because they're wanting the best for everyone that's in that room. Right. Absolutely. They're, they're yes. sharing those experiences. Yes. They're not guarding them. They're not like, you know, some of them are embarrassing you know, one of the guys had a problem listening and, and, and the teacher called him out on it. He's like, right. you didn't, um, you know, tell me what Kim does. You know, she was right. a teacher and he was like, I'm sorry. What, I was what was did she about just say? I, yeah. He said, what did she just yeah, say? exactly. He he's like, no, I, was sorry. I was lost. Yeah. I was thinking of what I was going to say.
2: Right. You know, so you're pointing that, out flaws. You know? That's what's so special about this book is that it, as much as they're in this class, they're not getting lectured. No. He's giving them a concept or an idea and he's it, it, it to say they're discussing it. I don't know if that's the right verbiage or not because they are discussing it, but they're really not discussing it. They're discovering it.
1: Yeah. I like that better. it. Right? Yep. They're, they're uncovering discovering it. it. Yeah. They're,
2: they're uncovering, they're unpacking whatever concept that he, he just talked about or he gave to them and they're, they're discovering their own personal flaws, their own personal flaws. Whether one guy's in the army he's a sergeant in the army. One person's a CEO. One person's a teacher. Another one's a preacher. And he's giving them this concept and they're unpacking it, discovering it, and then figuring out, Oh my, I I fall so short. Yeah. And what, what do I do and how do I go from here? How do I figure me out? How do I fix me? And so they're discovering servant leadership. They're literally discovering serving others, leading with authority rather than with power to build loyalty. Um, Using the experience in their room, using yeah. the experience of the people that are around them, learning how to influence rather than dict- dictate. Yeah, which is which is quite a big deal.
1: Yeah, they they were sharing all their examples of servant leadership, whether they be good or bad, you know. And yep. I'm ultimately um, they were definitely learning and uncovering all this together. Uh, you know, we we were talking about this, and we, you know, something that came up we were talking about was decentralized leadership, right. Which is, you know, if you, I don't care if you want to explain what decentralized leadership is. Yeah,
2: so one of the key core concepts of this decentralized leadership, if you're a servant leader, is allowing others to make decisions without you. Um, It's really big in developing people. Yeah, absolutely. In trying to develop a leader, decentralized leadership means every decision doesn't need to come to me. Everything I don't, micromanaging is almost never a good thing where I need to be a part of every single um, decision. Now, that doesn't mean I don't need to know. Right. Because be there's a, no. a different, right? Yeah, I, I I got to know. Yeah. I'm responsible for it. <laughs> You're accountable. But, yes, sir. But there are times that I am, even if I know it's not a good decision, I'm going to let them say, go ahead and let that unravel. Mm, make that choice. A learning lesson. Let that happen. Yep. Right. And And I mean, and I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. If the pieces start to fall apart, it affects, I'm not talking about things that are going to affect the salvation of people. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about um, leading, being a servant leader in a group and someone's organizing something and um, they're, whether they're planning for a dinner in a church or they're planning for an event or whatever else, as a leader, as a servant leader, sometimes you need to let people make those choices and let them make mistakes and then go back and say, hey, why do you think it happened that way? So decentralized leadership is everything doesn't always have to come to me in order for a decision to be made. And that takes a lot of pride swallowing. Right. That's not – it's very difficult to do. It's very difficult when you want things to be the best out of everything to let someone else make a choice, make a decision – and know that man this this is not going to go well
1: yeah i remember uh, you were talking about that uh you know kind of sh- i think of like a debrief process you know yes uh, i was lucky enough i think i was in las vegas we were doing this uh this it's called red flag is all these these fighter jets and it's just a big exercise that all a lot of aircraft go to mm-hmm. but I was lucky right. enough I think my OIC was like hey I want do you want to check out a debrief and see what this is like right it's a huge air operation that's going on as right. training for all these pilots well they were doing the debrief session and in, in this session is where they kind of discuss what was good bad ugly you know the rundown but it was what was interesting to me is I think I was a young senior airman which would be like a E4 the E4 Mafia, you heard of this? Hey, he's <laughs> was, rolling. He's rolling. Here yeah. we go. Here we go. There we go. Yep. But, you know, I was, this OIC took this, you know, time to kind of grow me and, and show me, hey, I want to show yeah. you this other aspect that, you know, what they do, these pilots do. And I remember sitting in this debrief session and there was this captain who, uh, he had a, dis- a discrepancy with the way that I think he was either a major or colonel, but I remember that there was no... T- he didn't use any tact, you know, like he he just ripped this guy up and down just saying, hey, what you did was dumb. It was dangerous, you know, and he just kind of really got into him. But the but you know what was really cool? I'm just glad I got to see things like this. But that that colonel, let's just say he was a lieutenant colonel. He just basically who outranked the major by all means, you know, he didn't say, hey, don't talk to me like that. He realized, OK, maybe what I did do, he listened to him first. He said maybe right. what I did do was dangerous. And he just said. Okay, noted. Yes, I won't. I won't do it again. And that's all that. And then they moved on. They were like, but other than that, yeah, successful mission, blah blah blah. Right. But it was just amazing right. to see something that type of uh, conversation go down. Whereas I'm like, oh, this is about to get good, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it I've seen it so many times yeah. where it just seems like, um, when you know, you see the difference. Actually, what I'm gonna say is, you see the difference in leaders or servant leaders that can handle constructive criticism, or that can handle. You know, make a mistake or let others make mistakes. Correct that mistake, right? Yeah, and then immediately move on. Yeah, move. Not on. hold it against them move anymore, on. right? They can they can go out and run the same mission again, and he's not going to expect and him to make that use mistake that now. To yeah, to correct path exactly. Yeah. He he's he's and it's it, it's allowing someone to make those decisions, choices, bad choices, being then making those corrections, figuring out. Sometimes it's hard corrections. Sometimes you're getting ripped up <laughs> and down. So sometimes it's hard corrections. Other times it's not. Other times it's a simple teaching. In the army, we call it AARs—after-action review. So sometimes you're just you're making this correction in the after-action review. In even in in church, you know, you're you're if you're a servant leader, you're going to have to take time to if someone's made a mistake to help them learn how to not make that mistake, and then allow them to go do that again. Yeah, and see. Is it going to go better for them this time? Yeah,
1: because they can't be scared or shy to to try to pull the trigger again, if you will, and and do replicate the same action, but with just different course now, different information.
2: And so here, here's the truth bomb. You cannot let your wounds as a servant leader keep you from mentoring or teaching others. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. That's good. It's crucial right. to being a servant leader. As a servant leader, either growing, you know, being a junior leader in the church or wherever you're at or or you're a senior leader in the church, whatever you want to call yourself or whatever title your pastor gives you um, or your job gives you or whatever it is, you're going to get wounded. It's going to happen. Things are going to, I can tell you stories of people that have wounded me throughout ministry. I can tell you stories of times I was wounded things I didn't even do emotionally wounded things. I did not do even in the service, but I took responsibility for it or even times in ministry uh, of whether you want to call them false accusations, however you want to say it and put it, but you can't keep yourself from going out and growing someone else um, with all your heart, with all your mind and the right way the Bible teaches you to pour out into somebody else. But if you do that from a point of wound, if you do that from the position of being wounded, you will pass on your wounds. Yeah. And it's such a dangerous thing to watch a, a, a leader work with someone from the position of their wound. It's such a painful thing to watch. It's such a painful thing to do. It's such a it's such a painful thing to be a part of because you watch one leader wound another, wound another, wound another and then by that time it's gotten so far out of hand that uh people backslide. Yeah. People backslide. People can and when when you when you when you mentor someone from a position of a wound, it it, it just it never turns out good. Right. And so as a servant leader, you you have to learn that you can't lead people from the position of your wound. You, you have to pour into people. It can, it can keep you from pouring out into somebody else that will definitely treat you right or will be loyal to you. Yeah. Because the previous guy wounded you, whether you want to say backstabbed you, turned on you, whatever it is. Right. And what it is, what we call this, I'm in this book, what he calls it, James C. Hunter, he calls this a paradigm. Paradigm. Yeah. Right. He calls this a paradigm. Now there's lots of different views of paradigms. Okay, there's there's definitely several different views of what a paradigm is in one view, a paradigm is how we see the world
1: yeah it 's a like a model or, or an example that we use that we, now we 're looking at the world in that fashion right. right uh yeah you're you're talking about there's a there's a story of a young girl in there um that they say that she had uh, it 's just an example that they 're throwing around in discussion, and they say that she had a uh, bad example or a a father that was terrible it didn 't really kind of go into specifics but you know, that was a man in her life that was not a great example. So her paradigm now is that don't trust any man, you know, because she couldn't trust her father who was a man. Yep. We, I'm just not going to trust any man. And, and we can see how when she grows up, that may change. Like there's, you know, some good men out there that, you know, that are not her father. And, and we want to
2: hope it eventually changes. R- exactly. Yeah.
1: Right. But if she views it that way, she's not going to trust or, you know, it's just not even, it, it could affect her long term.
2: And, right. and that's what they discussed around that table. Absolutely, yeah. and it, it, it in the in that in the book when he when he talks about she's viewing every man that she meets and even the even men that could be good to her men that would help her grow or men that would be kind in every way that, or that would protect her but she views them all from the position of her wound. Yeah, and it's very yeah. difficult to get out of that. It's and very difficult.
1: I think a subtle way that we do this is we we either have these paradigms that we pass on to our ch- children. Um, you know, friends, coworkers, things like that. I know this happens very often. Uh, you know, it's, I don't know what the etiquette for talking about this, is, but like when you go out to a deployment, um, you know, sometimes they'll have people that are labeled like, "Ah, oh, that guy's not a good worker, right? Or just anywhere. I mean, you could do this happens in the workplace, like, and they label somebody and they almost make your opinion for you. So I always like to give people the benefit doubt and see how, and feel them out and see like, you know where they are, and what I think is crucial because this has happened to me. I've experienced this firsthand. Um, you know, I want to, I want to provide people feedback if that is, you know, really what I see, or if if you know, I kind of want to make them aware, like, hey, you know, when I got here, people were saying this about you. Not to not to snitch or rat right. on anybody, but just to put it out in the open because. I hope that they would change that perception if they really cared about it. Cause I know it's, it's happened to me. Uh, I I mentioned before, again, I I've moved different type of, you know, aircrafts that have different type of missions and roles, but every time I go to a a new one, there's a, there's a way that they operate and that's what I have to learn. And, and it's maybe it's a way of working on it too. The engines are different or the, the airframe, the, the, whatever is different and, and, while i'm trying to learn that and get it down some people may not be impressed with my work that i'm putting out right and and if they if they form an opinion and give it to everyone else like i'm limited by my experience at right. that point in time
2: but absolutely if yeah. if you lead or you try to serve people from the position of a paradigm um if you allow other people's opinion to skew your opinion of others yeah that's i was getting at yeah it It really messes up the whole world it it has the potential to mess up the whole world right um I won't say who what where but i will say how there's there's a person that um someone said he'd never live for God. they would never live right for God, they've got a horrible background they'll never they'll never do what's right, they'll lie to you in every way. And the opinion was very bad about this individual. But after years of watching and years of just believing in him, he's absolutely living for God, faithful to God in every aspect, soul winner, bringing people to church, winning souls, just, you know, and he's faithful faithful right. tithe payer, faithful attendant, faithful worker, held a job, promotion after promotion, now is living far beyond what some individuals said he would never be able to do. I could only imagine if that man's pastor was to believe what others were telling about him. But right. if he lived that paradigm, I believe the negative of what I'm being told about so and so. Yeah. This this man would never be what he is. No one believed in him, but because that pastor didn't, that pastor didn't accept the paradigm or the stereotype or whatever anybody else's opinion and chose to believe in him and chose to, invest, to get the positive, invest to invest. In yeah. Huge, yeah. 100% invest in him. Yeah. Chose to invest in him despite negative reviews. Right. He is, this, this, this man's doing phenomenal today. He's living for God, powerfully living for God. God is restoring his life in every aspect, Man, and he's exceeding weird. many. Yeah. He's exceeding. I mean, many others have thought ever, he's he's past he's their level of living for God. Um, paradigms are definitely a dangerous thing. They're, they're a dangerous thing. Um, we, we have to not get caught up in them, um, in the negative side of them at least. We, we've got to learn to look at things, look at people through God's eyes not what we see. Yeah, that's right? that's constantly a prayer of mine is you know, I want to
1: see people the way God sees them. I want to treat people, you know, accordingly, you know. I want I want to do those things, but you know, we talked about it earlier my 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 actions have to align with that, you know. It's one thing to say it, to pray it. I want my actions to align with that as well. So that's that's really good. I like that. That's
2: Absolutely. Good. Our actions definitely need to they need to align with our feelings, our actions of respect or our feelings of respect, sorry, our feelings of respect need to align with our actions of respect. We need to be willing to take inventory in order to save lives. We need personal inventory. What are we doing? How are we living for God? We can't live as a servant leader. You can't live, you know, do as I say, not as I do. You can't live that way and lead people in any aspect. You can't lead your family that way. No, you can't lead your family that way. You can't be a coworker that way. You can't, you can't do any of those things. So it's really important. It's
1: interesting in a family, you can use both those. We talked about, you know, power and authority, um, both of those you can use, but it's really think of what pays dividends, even just, you know, if you could relate with, if you, if you have children, yes, you can say, Hey, go, go do this, go take out the trash, right? but and this is mentioned in the book too. Uh, go take out the trash, right? For now, they're going to do it because they're younger. And then, you know, they're just, you're working off the power, but it's, you know, it's maybe like, Hey, we want to have a clean house. That's why we take out the trash. Or You know, it smells in here, right? So you got to take out the trash. You, you kind of get their investment um, when you use your authority rather than your power. But right. it just, and that's so, that's so trivial, like taking out the trash, but we're talking about, I mean, there's so much deep lessons that, you know, even with my son, you know, my son, Noah, I mentioned, he's my biggest fan, but like, you know, just mm-hmm. in the things that we just talk, we get to talking and I start to learn what his opinions are. <laughs> yeah. My biggest he's, fan. He's cheering you Except right now. for those guys. Those are my with, biggest fans too. Yeah. But, you know, you know, these people that will, uh, you know, or I'm sorry, the, Noah, that he'll, he'll just kind of start to share the way he views things. The way he sees right. things and and some of it is me, you know, some of it is because of the way, the, but it's, it's that investment we talked about investing in people. It's that, that I spent time like, Hey, you know, Hey, what do you think of this? You know, I have, I have a brother-in-law that does really good about like he, there's no silence around him. He's like, so what's up? You know, it just makes conversation that way. I'll just be like, oh, I was just thinking this and then just a whole convers like a deep conversation. It'll turn biblical or whatever it is, but it's it's just funny in simple terms of, hey, what, so what's up? And, and you know, I, I think of this when people are quiet or silent around me, you know, hey, so what are you thinking? You know, I, I use this a lot on the job. You know, they'll, they'll just be sitting there just to make conversations. So
2: like, so what's up, you know?
1: Like what you say, you know, the soldiers they'll they'll know. They know. <laughs> they know. They know. They, they figure
2: know. out they figure you out. People will figure you out really quick. Are you for right. them or for yourself? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. Um
1: what are you wielding? Power or authority. You what know? are you
2: wielding? Power or authority. Are
1: you using them the right way? Because again, we mentioned it's okay to use power from time to time. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. And but it, it has does to be. erode it does it erodes erodes right. relationships, though. It it
2: will erode it will erode um the relationship. So paradigms Paradigms are something you really need to to figure out how to stay away from, and if you're stuck in a paradigm, um, it takes humility. It yeah, takes humility made, to get know. out of it. It it takes humility to get out of a paradigm, and the only way you're going to get out of it is by telling someone, "Hey, I," someone who can help you. I have this issue. I have this problem. Right. This is why I'm not. You have to be totally honest with yourself. So if you're going to be a servant leader, you've got got to be humble. You've got to be humble. If not, people are going to figure you out really quick, and it's going to go bad. But in order to get out of a negative paradigm, you've got to be humble enough to look at someone that you can trust and say, hey, I've got this issue. I've been wounded by this person or been wounded by this situation or whatever, and I need help. I don't know how to deal with it. And a good man of God, a good pastor will help heal those ones I think in the book of isaiah he 'll repair that breach yeah right he 'll repair the breach um and help you with your issue, help you with you he 'll serve you he won 't judge you no he won 't judge you um, but he'll serve you he'll help repair that breach he'll help uh, uh get you to the level of leadership that you need to be um, so that so that you can grow. And, um, and he'll save your life. We talked
1: about this too, at one point in time, I know will probably one of our many truck conversations, pastor, but we were talking about being a guide and a leader, you know, right? Like you could, Oh man. Yeah. Like, I mean, we could probably go on and on and on, but Ooh. we had discussed before, you know, do you have to go through something? Right. Cause I mean, I'm telling you as, as where I'm at in my career, I will mentor a lot of people and they bring, you know, issues or, or obstacles that I haven't been through myself. And it's like, man, I, you know, instead of saying like, I can't help you, I'd be, I have to step into, I'm not going to be a, a guide. I'm going to be a leader to you. So here's some resources or here's what I would do, you know, and, and just kind of mentor off of that. But, you know, what do you think on that? If someone says like, you have to experience this thing, right? This type of scenario situation. Uh We mentioned this girl with this bad paradigm. Do you have to be, a, let's just say a sister in church. Do you have to be someone that, ex, that views men you know in a bad manner to well, help. has viewed men in a bad that right. has viewed men in a bad right. manner to help somebody who is currently doing that so
2: man this is this is a deep concept okay this is really deep this is big i'm going to start with this if you only take people where you have been you're not a leader you're a guide right if you only take people where you have been, you are not a leader. You are, you are not a servant leader. You are a guide. Yeah. Right? And we can't venture in this world as guides. We have to venture through this world as servant leaders. The concepts of the Bible work in every situation, whether you've been through them or not. Amen. You yeah. don't have to have gone through something in order to understand that prayer and faithfulness can get you out of it. Right. In regards to spirituality. I mean, the gifts of the spirit. You don't have to be someone who's used in, in the gifts of tongues and interpretation in order to tell somebody it's available and you can get it. And it's powerful. And it's powerful. And here's how you get it. Consecration, submission, you know, just totally being all in the church and the gifts of the spirit are available to you.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. But if you only take people where you have been, you're a guide.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're a guide. Simply
2: put. Simply put, yeah, you're, you're a guide. guide. You're not a leader. The concepts of servant leadership work in everything. Case in point, if we're looking at in the military, right, the way that I prepare myself for battle has that ability to work in every country I'd go to, every conflict, every conflict I could get in. Now, I may fight. A little bit different because of that environment, yeah. But the concepts of it um, are the same, right? Let me unpack that. As a medic, I was part of the development. As a senior medic, I was part of the development of something we called TC Three Tactical Combat Casualty <laughs> Care. Of
1: course, I yeah. recently i shared with you right. shared this with you. I recently got to go through it. Right. So
2: <laughs> I I helped develop this program. Um, One of the concepts of this program is tourniquets high and tight. Slap a tourniquet on a limb as high as you can, as tight as you possibly can, till all the bright red bleeding stops. Okay, If you are injured in any of your limbs, it works in any country. Right. I don't have to go to Africa in order to know that works in Africa. I don't Mm -hmm. have to go to Mexico or have been there to know that it works there. If you get injured in your limb... Here's what you do. Slap a tourniquet, high and tight. Now, I'm not going to go into the nuances of what all that means. Right. In any right. limb. I mean, it could be your arm, your legs. Arms, your legs, you know. any limb. Now over to the church. If you've got a problem at home like this, prayer works. Wow, yeah. If you've got a problem with a relationship over here, let me tell you, prayer works. If you've got this That's issue, good, yeah. I mean, I've never gone through that, but prayer works. It works in every situation. I don't have to have gone through that or been there in order to take you there. Yeah. Right. As a servant leader, if I want you to experience, I also need experience victory. I need to be willing to go with you. Okay. Right. So I don't want to just tell you to pray. I'm going to pray with you. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Right. So I, I, I don't just look at someone and say, and I tell this to our people here at our church. Don't just tell someone I'm going to pray for you. Stop right there and pray for them. Take that second and pray for them. Right. Let them know. We just got finished with our 4th of July fireworks stuff. I prayed with countless numbers of people um, that I was just out in the parking lot, and one of the saints in our church said, hey, pastor, somebody's wondering if you can pray for them. Um, would, would, you, would you mind praying for them? Um, you know, Put them on. Basically, they're asking. They they and they said this one time, can we put them on your prayer list? And I said, Well, where are they? Well, they're right over there. I said, Let's go over there and pray for them right go now.
1: Line them off our prayer list. Right let's now. go take get care them right now. Let's go <laughs> yeah. pray
2: for them right now. I don't want to right. just tell them. Yeah. Let's do it. So let's take them to a place where they can feel prayer yeah. right now. And so when they feel how I pray with them, maybe they can know that they can touch God like that too. Yeah, that's good. On their own. For their situation, and it's, they can go home and learn how to it for them. Yeah,
1: perfect. So, yeah.
2: so, so to be a leader is to take people beyond your own personal borders and theirs. Mm. So, your own personal emotional borders, spiritual borders. To be a leader, you can take you can take someone beyond there, beyond that.
1: I remember this time. Uh... I, this was several years back, but I, I, you know, I went, I went to church and it's kind of like you're t- like, maybe, and I'll just, I'll tell myself a little bit. Maybe my prayer life wasn't where it needed to be at the time being, but I remember going to altar call. I didn't, I didn't really pray through. Like I went there, I, I prayed at least cause that's where my heart was to be faithful and trying to to touch God anytime I'm in in church but I remember not getting that breakthrough that I, I I wanted when I went to the altar and you know church ended uh uneventfully I went I started to walk to my car to go back home and this brother ran at, like he like, like literally ran bolted out the doors and he's like hey brother Jesse stop you know and I as you know thought we we're just gonna he was forgetting something I left my bible or something I don't know yeah. but I remember in the uh-huh. parking lot he was like um, you know hey is everything okay and I was you know, and I was, yeah, everything was fine. Like I, my life you know, was, was okay. I just did not have the prayer session I, I wanted when I went to the altar and I'm thankful for men like that to discern this. And he was like, Hey, I was wondering if you want to pray right here in the parking. I'm like, well, church is over, you know? Yeah, <laughs> Like, you know, okay. And, 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 you know, just because he put me on the spot, I'm like, well, I'm, I can say no to prayer, you know, Yeah, absolutely. so he, he, man, he, yep. that brother put his hand, we just started praying right there in the parking lot. And before I knew it, three or four other men in the church, these brothers came out and they yep. just put their, you know, they wrapped me up in their arms and they were all praying over me. And, and we had a breakthrough right there in the parking lot. And I'm just, I just want to say, I'm grateful for men like that, but then right. I'm just, you know, that is, they, they weren't, they didn't just let me stay there. You know, they didn't have to be going through with, you know, the absence of of touching God at the altar for for them to lead me the right, right way to sit there and say, "Hey, He needs something. Let's go respond to that." So yeah, that right. and there's something powerful in that 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 demonstration of service. You know? There's
2: there's something huge in it, and because it's it also dealing with what we've been talking about in regards to paradigms, right? So your paradigm can be, or their paradigm could have been, "Hey, there's been a lot of people that you know." didn't get everything they need at the altar, we'll have another altar call next yeah, week.
1: Right, yeah. And I'm glad they didn't let me. Yeah, I'm, I'm so right. grateful. That, and that, that's a paradigm that there. we yeah. think
2: sometimes. Hey, growing up in ministry in a, in a revival church, our our pastor, he, he was such a revivalist, such, and he still is a revivalist, such a revivalist that not one single service was wasted. Not one single prayer meeting was wasted. Not one single, nothing, nothing about church was wasted. And if it seemed like it wasn't going the way that it was supposed to go, he would come to us and say, let's go. Let's, we need to get praying right now. Yeah. And we'd get praying. I'm telling you, people would get the Holy Ghost. Right. Healings would happen. Things would just go on because somebody didn't accept the paradigm. Well, this is just one of those This services. is how it goes. Yeah. This is They'll how it goes. It next time. We'll right. get it. We'll get it next time. No, we had powerful moves of God. Because they didn't accept a paradigm of what every other place may or may not be. And I'm not talking bad about anything, but just the fact that we're not going to keep status quo. We're going to have a move of God, right? If you'll apply this to yourself personally, when you go to your job, within your family, of constantly improving yourself, being better tomorrow or being better today than you were yesterday, get rid of paradigms of, you know, just nothing's going to be different right? Get get rid of those. No, things are going to prove things are going to get better. And it's up to you to get them better. Lead, get yourself beyond your borders, get yourself beyond um, your, your own personal biases or your own personal paradigms and explore, explore, (laughs) right? You can't explore if you've already been there. Yeah. Explore. So go beyond, (laughs) go beyond, Yourself, push yourself further, push yourself harder. Live for God, win souls. Yeah. You know, grow in your job, grow in your family. If you're a father, become a better father. If you're a mother, become a better mother. If you're a kid, become a better kid. Whatever it is that you you can be, be better. Explore, go beyond your border.
1: You know, and I want to maybe answer this because you kind—I of, feel like you answered it right there in your statements, but maybe we could get a clearer answer for anybody who may be struggling to try to make that transition from. Uh, being a guide to being a true servant leader like what what do you think you know anyone listening right now want that we can equip them with information wise like this is a way that you can transition from not only just being a guide that feeling like yeah you had to have experienced like these i mean there's terrible things out there that people can experience like whether it be uh divorce um i mean there's so many but what do you think we could tell someone who's listening to make that transition and why it's good for them to be a better servant leader than a guide.
2: Sure. So the first thing you need to do is to develop a prayer life that you can trust. Yeah. You've got to develop a prayer life as a servant leader. You've got to develop a prayer life that you can trust. And only you're going to know that only you are going to know, do I have a prayer life developed that I can trust Mm. so that way I can grow and I can get past being a guide and to being a leader. My wife's pastor would say this. He, he would, he would put it, he would put it exactly like this. And many pastors do. I put it this way to our saints here. Um, it has to get beyond where you do this because pastor says it. You have to discover this revelation of living for God for yourself. You can't do things just because your pastor says to do it. That's the only way you get beyond your border. Right. Right. The only way you get beyond being a guide and you get into a leader, you can inspire because you believe it to the core, to the utmost. Then you can lead people beyond their own borders of belief and into a brand new realm. Right. Right. So you need to develop a prayer life that you can trust in order to bring people past their borders and bring people past, past the place, past the place. (laughs) where your current spiritual life is at. Yeah. I don't desire to, I don't. uh, One elder would say this. If everybody in the church was just like me, what kind of church would this be?
1: Man, God is so good. I was thinking that exact thing. If everyone (laughs) in the church prayed like me, what kind of church would this church be? Right. That is so powerful.
2: It's powerful. (laughs) But now help people build a prayer life that's beyond yours by pushing yours further. Yeah. Right. Because your, your feelings have to align with your actions. Right. So you can't, if you're going to tell people to develop a powerful prayer life where, where, where building shake, why right? you, you can't have a prayer life where only the lights flicker. Yeah. You have to start developing a, yeah. a prayer life where building shake. More self-reflection, right? There. More self-reflection. <laughs> it's a big deal. Yeah. It's huge. And that's your first step. To pushing past your borders, yeah, that's your first step. Your first step to getting to a place where you're no longer a guide, but now you're a leader, right? And you don't have to know everybody's situation in order to be a leader. Being a leader doesn't mean I need to know. I need to know what they're going through. No, the concept of prayer, faithfulness to God, yeah, it it's, rings true. Everywhere. It's applicable in every in every facet of
1: life. Really, in every facet yeah. of life. Yeah,
2: that's good. Um, you don't need to experience certain sin in order to help people get out of that sin. Yeah, sure. No, you, you be faithful to God, be used of God, desire to move beyond your borders and help people move beyond theirs. You can do that. Um, you know, you can grow as a servant leader. The only way you're going to do it is through humility. You have to self constantly humble, self reflect. You need to be humble. Don't lead people from the position of a wound. Stay away from that. Get rid of it. If you're wounded, Look, if you're wounded, take a minute and heal. Yeah, Step down. Be brave enough to say, I've got a problem. Pastor, I've got an issue. Let me talk to you about it. But I need to sit back and develop my prayer life for a little while. I need to sit back and repent. Or I need to sit back and and just reflect and learn a little bit more. I'm hurt. Something happened. Whatever it is that happened, you need to be uh, mature enough to step down and
1: say, "Yeah, and let that, me let me heal." And that's some of the humbleness that you're talking about is being able to recognize that and say, "Look, uh, I'm in a position right now where I'm going to probably let this seep out or leak out to other saints or other, you know, my my family, whatever it is. So I need to I need to really get this in in order. I need to get this intact and and, and self it, if you will, and pray through it and just you know leave it at the altar, repent, and give it to God. You know That's that's really good. I like that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's close up with this. Elijah, the relationship of Elijah and Elisha. At the end, when Elijah was taken up into the world, when he asks Elisha and says, you know, what, whatever, he tells Elisha, hey, whatever you want, what, what would you like from me? And Elisha tells him, I want, I want a double portion of your spirit. I want a double portion of your spirit. And Elijah, his leader, could have said a lot of stuff. He could have said, hey, you're never going to get that. You know what? I found you in your field, you know, in a field working on your daddy's stuff, and you weren't really that committed. You know, you you wanted to go back and deal with your dad's issues or, you know, go say bye to your mother and father. You're not really that committed enough. right? No, but instead he said, you know what? You can be better than me. You You absolutely can be better than I am. Keep your eye on me, and if I go and you see me, you'll do that. You'll become better than I was. I want a double portion of your spirit. And it rings true to fact that Elijah did exactly double the miracles that Elijah did. That's Right. He did. And so that that is a mark of a true servant leader. I don't want you to be as good as me. I'm going to leave enough for you to be better than I am. I'm going to leave enough for you to be better than I am. Go beyond my borders. Go beyond what I've been. You can do it. You're capable of doing that. And he absolutely did in every every aspect of the means. Amen. Awesome. Well, I hope you all got something from this. We're again, we're really excited about this podcast. Um, you're gonna have to just on another note, bear with us. Yeah. Bear with <laughs> we us. Are, we we are, are
1: we're venturing for sure. We're we venturing. Are
2: <laughs> we are exploring beyond our borders. Yeah. We are 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 just ironing out some kinks we've got everything from jets and um you know we, we've pesky jets <laughs> we've got pesky jets and um we've got where are they at they are oh Cuckoos no, that's the cuckoo, cuckoo moments oh where are they at? oh is that them no fall back no <laughs> i was looking for the dogs Where'd the dogs go? I don't know. They're they're gone. They're lost. Did they, we lost the dogs. Yeah. Um, well, one way or another, we're <laughs> we're working through some kinks. Yeah. Um, we're we're trying to figure some stuff out. Everything. There they they're were. the dogs.
1: Husky dogs. Busky who jet, let the dogs, dogs out? Dogs, yeah.
2: We're we're working through some kinks, sound kinks, all kinds of stuff. So please bear with us. But we hope what you're really getting is the content the content of what we're trying to talk about, the content of, uh, of servant leadership for this season, for this season. And if God will bless it, we're going to continue on. Please help us out, you know, follow us wherever you know, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm not really on a lot of social media platforms at all. Wherever you're
1: tuning into, just share it with somebody. I mean, I'm on Instagram,
2: but if you're on, if you're listening to a podcast, wherever you're listening to this on whatever we can get this on um, you know support us help us if if you like it if you like it um, we want this to grow we're something we're passionate about and that we really are enjoying what we're saying and what we're talking about and we think we got we're enjoying what we're saying and talking about we think Absolutely. we got a lot of yeah. experience we think we do yeah and so.
1: i just want to say again you know i feel like this disclosure just any views or opinions or anything that we share with you from our military expen- experiences are our own did I say that right? Are our, right. our own. They are not they necessarily used of the Department <laughs> yeah. of Defense, the <laughs> yeah. United
2: States government.
1: There you go. Thank you, Pastor. The radio or the police. Apostolic Movement of the whole. Exactly. So, um, I hope you enjoy them. I hope it helps you, and uh, God bless you. All.